BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens, a production of WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region, a podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is The Cities. Nahant Marsh in Davenport has just reopened its education center, a big first step toward returning to some normalcy in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. If you think of it, a marsh and wetlands might be a perfect, safe educational spot for you and your family. So we talked with Education Director Amy Loving about the Marsh's plans for this year and what it offers families or even just adults and why the Marsh could be a lifesaver the next time the river rises. So Amy, you gotta be like every other organization, you're just jonesing to get open again and get the public over at Nahant Marsh. Yeah, we are super excited to have the building open this weekend um, and We've been doing programs, but the center hasn't been open to the public except for, you know, special programs that we're offering. Um, but we're jazzed to start seeing more faces and more kids around here. Well, tell me about it, because, I mean, you, you've got basically two opportunities at Nahant Marsh. You have the Education Center, which is a building that you go indoors, but you also have a, a very large wetlands area that you could do outdoors. So let's talk about what you're doing indoors right now. That's pretty much the thing that was somewhat off limits over the last year. Right. So we still tried to offer programs as restrictions were starting to be lifted um, just on a really small, limited basis and still trying to serve the community and the safest way that we could. And so what will be changing now? I mean, you're going to be allowing more people in. I would assume you're going to do some social distancing, some face masks, whatever is required. Yeah, face masks will still be required within the building. We have a, a capacity limit for folks that are in the building because we'll still have staff around to summer. We'll have interns. So we really want to make sure that we're keeping people safe inside the building because it is, uh, you know, we've only got so much space. So we just want to make sure that, that keep people are being safe. But we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll do the best we can. Yeah, you'll make do because 2020 was such a tough year. How did you get through it? Well, it was definitely tough at first trying to figure out, you know, as from an educator standpoint, trying to figure out how are we going to still provide education to students if we're not able to go into the schools, if they're not able to come out here and see us. So that was a real challenge uh, for us in the beginning. And because we're used to a, you know, a non-classroom setting. Sure, uh, hands-on, totally hands-on, right? Yeah, and very hands-on. So trying to switch gears and thinking, how am I going to teach virtually? And we did a lot of training, a lot of research. We set ourselves up with uh, all sorts of things, made ourselves a little uh, classroom, virtual classroom in here. So we were able to zoom in uh, to some of the classrooms and do some programming. So that was really great and uh, do a lot of webinars. I think a lot of people have learned, you know, that the, the, the groups that have interacted with uh, children have gone to schools or have had school groups come to them. You guys have all learned how to do this better. Do you think some of the stuff that you've learned over the last year, as far as even what we're doing right now, a Zoom call or a Zoom lesson that you'll be incorporating in the future? 
Yeah, I think we'll continue to offer webinars. You know, one cool thing about doing webinars and virtual programs is you are able to reach a larger audience. There were times when we had, you know, close to 100 people logged into some of our webinars. Wow. And, you know, my grandma was able to attend a program, you know, and she lives in Peoria. So it was really great that we were able to reach a wider audience. And I think that kind of opened our eyes to um, embracing some of this technology a little bit more and seeing how we can still do what we do, have outdoor uh, engaging activities, but still be able to reach people on a broader level. Well, talk about the borders that have been broken down because you can teach about a marsh to some kid in Arizona who may not be near a marsh of any type. Yeah, we sure could. <laughs> yeah, that's what's kind of cool about the whole thing. Let's talk about what's going on face-to-face, uh, person-to-person coming up uh, this summer because you are offering summer camps once again. Yes, we are. Um, we've got about 15 different offerings, everything from pre-K on up to sixth grade. Some camps are half day, some camps are full day, and then we have, um, we've always done an annual week-long camp, so we'll continue that that uh, this year as well. And Again, we're going to try to stay outside as much as we possibly can, yeah. and we do that anyways with summer camp, so we're kind of used to that all-weather uh, <laughs> scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you also have some make and take, because when we're talking about uh, uh, hands-on experience, it's also kind of nice to be able to do something there and keep it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So one really cool thing that we've started this year is called Wild Woodworking. One of our AmeriCorps naturalists, Allison, she's uh, she's good at working with wood. And so we uh, she wanted to do these workshops and we've done uh, birdhouses. We've got a three tiered planter workshop coming up tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be doing some solitary bee houses, some squirrel picnic tables, so all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, we're talking about events also for adults, not just kids. Yeah, and that one's definitely geared towards adults, but if it, we've had um, some classes where they wanted to bring their student along or their kid along with them and they were able to do so. Um, other opportunities for adults, we just started our 10th uh, Master Conservationist Program which uh, engages adults into learning about conservation in Iowa and how they can become natural stewards of, of the state and of, you know, natural areas in general. Absolutely. And Nahant Marsh is, is really becoming quite the focal point as far as uh, native species, whether it's, it's insects or, or if it's plant life. And you're really seeing some things bloom there that weren't seen years ago. Yeah, so the flood did a lot of damage, you know, in a lot of different places, but it really helped to suppress certain invasive species because the water was up for so long. So there were certain areas where we were seeing blue flag iris show up that we hadn't seen before, or at least not in that, uh, not so much of it um, was the, wasn't there before. But swamp milkweed, all kinds of things started really popping up in areas where some of those invasive species were, be, were able to like be held back. So in uh, 2020 also allowed us to do a lot of outdoor pro projects. So removing invasive species, um, planting trees. I think they planted over 250 trees out here last year. Uh, we were able to have a lot of volunteers come out here and remove invasive species. And as we remove those invasive species, that allows for those new species, the native species to come in and allows for us to kind of clear the field so that we can lay down and spread more seed. Because I like the fact that you pointed out that you're doing things, but I love the fact that it's Mother Nature. It was flooding and Mother Nature found a way to do what you probably have been trying to do over the last five years. I mean, to get back to the natural habitat that Nahant was known for. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mother Nature knows how to kind of fix itself if we just stand back and let it, I think, sometimes. So. The other thing that we learned from that flood is how valuable Nahant Marsh was as far as filtering that, that flood water as it continued to head south. I mean, it gave an expansion point for the river, but it also really filtered, what is it, uh, uh, millions, if not billions of gallons. Yeah, I think um, it may be in the billions, I'm not sure, but definitely millions of gallons of water were, were held here during the course of the flood. So we definitely knew, do need more wetlands around. We need to protect the wetlands and because uh, they, you know, as a river community, they're going to be uh, our saving grace if we, we continue to have more of them and protect them. And 2021 year of Nahant Marsh, right? I mean, this is the year to see what happened over the last two years and how that area has really changed right now. Yeah, definitely a lot of changes, but we're looking forward to the future. We've got a lot of uh, things that we're wanting to do down here, expand our trails, and uh, we're going to keep working hard at it. Amy Loving, Education Director of Nahant Marsh, and you can check out all that they have to offer at nahantmarsh.org. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.